George. Joe. We're at it again. Man, they can't stop us. <laughs> so this is what, season two, episode three? Uh, yeah, I think so. We'll go with that. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, My camera got all messed up here because I, I had to do some computer things. You know, I'm a computer thing type person. I don't know if you knew that about me. That's a technical term, right? It is a technical term. I'm certified in it, actually. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> There's been some exciting stuff going on at Romero Pictures and the Indie Brigade. you want to touch base on that a little bit? Sure, I'd love to. First of all, we launched a whole new look and feel. Uh, we're still working to integrate it. Um, uh, now, after sort of what I was just talking about, about doing computer things, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that... Uh, we're having some issues getting uh, the website to uh, recognize some of the new images, but we are working on that, and you will be able to see all of the new brands, logos, colors, and everything, and all of its wonderful glory uh, very soon here. <coughs> Excuse me. I apologize. Uh, doing much better, Joe. I'm glad you're not sick anymore. Thank you. Uh, yeah, at I least didn't get hit as hard as you did, fortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's, you know. Uh, I'm just glad you're not sick and didn't get it. Hey, Morgan says, bam. And Lance is with the yeah, season two, episode three. Thank you, Lance. And uh, There you go. There's something exciting that just happened. Lance and Samantha Wagner from the Wagner Wiles just recorded their second episode with Frank Farrell and uh, talking about spookies. Well, see, now I'm going to have to correct you like I had to correct them. That's technically their third episode. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, anyway, we have the uh, one on hold with the uh, drone cav. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so, tell me, is uh, episode three of the Wagner Wiles available yet, Joe? It's not. I have to put up episode two tomorrow since they wanted to be every other week. The third episode will be a week from tomorrow, or two weeks from tomorrow. Excuse me. Good job. <laughs> We're getting it. <laughs> so uh just for the people that are going to be audio only uh who are we what are we doing well i'm getting to that but you never you know let me just find my groove naturally you always want to just tell me to remind people that they're listening to the romero pictures indie brigade with your host george c romero and joe ridgely uh so and the reason that we have to say that now joe is because we're available on all kinds of of audio-only podcast platforms, and watch this, everybody. What are they, Joe? <laughs> yes. Uh, what are they? They are iHeartRadio. They are Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, and a few others. Those so are the main pretty ones. much you're saying we're, we're dominating the entire internet. We've won the internet, basically. You should be ashamed of yourself if you cannot find the show. That's what I'm saying. I mean, quite frankly. And uh, let's see. So we've got some other cool stuff going on over at the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade uh, that you can find through the RomeroPictures.com website, uh, including merch. Um, we are, along with our new brand launch, getting ready to launch a whole new line of merch with our new look and feel to it. So... Anybody who's gotten some merch with the logo and images on Joe's forehead <coughs> know that you are currently in possession of what will soon be a collector's item. So that's pretty cool. Yes, um, those are going to be very limited edition once we're going to take those down shortly. so Yes, we are as soon as the other ones are, are, are put up there. So if you want some of that cool Romero merch with those wings on it, uh, you better get over to RomeroPictures.com now and order it. Uh, we've also got some other new additions. We've got Nasty Nation uh, with Chuck Nasty, which is an audio-only podcast that's available through Anchor right now. Um, we are excited about adding that to it. Chuck Nasty is talking about music, horror, uh, sort of the serious underground scene of things. It's very cool. Uh, he's a very cool guy, and he has a lot of interesting stuff to say. We've also added... Uh, the Devil is Into Details, uh, which is a blog by Ian Steyer, who is the gentleman who has created the new look and feel and uh, of the Romero Pictures and Indie Brigade logos. Um, so head on over to RomeroPictures.com and check out his work, check out our new look and feel, and check out how it's all coming together. It's pretty cool and it's pretty exciting, and 
uh, I think that's most of the updates. I, I, I've got that's all I've gotten written on my fancy little clipboard here that I was posting all about today. And where Pretty can we excited. find that? Well, you can find that at McKimWoodenLeather.com, uh, actually, which is uh, a little side thing that I've been doing my whole life. And uh, my beautiful wife just actually convinced me last year to kind of go public with it. Uh, so that is under McKimWoodandLeather.com. There's also a link on RomeroPictures.com that just says McKim. You can click that. It'll take you over there. We do all sorts of custom woodworking. And every time anybody orders something from there, it gives me an opportunity to work in the wood shop with our son and teach him some very needed and very cool skills uh, for moving forward in life. So. All right. Just want to hit a couple of these comments before we get going with Lauren. Lance um, saying, yeah, the bubonic plague is a bitch. No doubt about it. Chuck, Chuck is in the house. We were just speaking about you. Excellent. Excellent, Chuck. Glad to see you're here. Chuck's just put his new episode up. So if you're following along with the Nasty Nation already, you can listen to his new episode. And if you haven't started following along with it yet, well, then that's your fucking problem. You need to get on it. And there is Sean. Sean got some merch, man. He's got the shirts. Sean did get some limited edition merch, and uh, I'm very excited that Sean has been following along with this whole thing. He's got his own YouTube channel. Uh, it's all woodworking, uh, and he's a very cool guy. He's, uh, he's funny as hell, too, so check him out. And we have Miss Wagner joining us. Hey, Samantha. And we got Terry. That's not Terry's. No, it's not, because that moved up one. What the <laughs> hell is going on? Damn it, Sober Joe. Right? Stop it. <laughs> the whole thing just like jumped on me. That was really bad. Hmm. Okay, there's Sean. Da, 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 da. There he is. See, I know I saw him. There he is. Terry. Drone guy Terry. Terry Gerald. Uh, he is the all-powerful head of the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade, Drone Cav. Uh, Terry has forgotten more about drones than most indie filmmakers will probably ever learn. Uh, if you have a chance to learn from Terry, consider yourself lucky. Um, Terry, we are ab about to add Terry to the mentor program, which is something else cool we have going on at RomeroPictures.com. We've got the mentor program now, uh, and we're adding new mentors uh, quite often at this point. So if you've got questions about a project, if you need some guidance or something specialized that you're not getting out of these episodes, um, because of the group sort of environment. And you want to talk to some of these folks one-on-one, -on -one, head over to RomeroPictures.com, go to our mentor program, pick somebody you need to talk to and book a session with them. It's very easy. It's very cool. And uh, everybody on there has worlds of knowledge to share with you. All right. Uh, Morgan, Morgan said he wanted you to read this one personally. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> He spelled uh, it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think you've got a new graphic that you wanna you wanna premiere. I, I did. I didn't. No, I didn't load it. You didn't. Oh well, actually, you know what's really funny about that? This what's would be that? a perfect time to use it. Yeah. Well, I, I saw one yeah. of one of your creepers on here somewhere. Um, that lady. Hey, that's my beautiful wife right there. She's the best thing that ever happened to a bum like me. I'll tell you what. I guarantee. So listen, Joe, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of talking. Why don't you tell us about tonight's episode of Romero Pictures Indie Brigade with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. You know, that they, people come to hear you, not me. I think I just broke Joe. <laughs> That's not a thing. It will never be a thing. <laughs> You, you can try to make it a thing all you want. That's a thing. That's a it's new not thing. A thing. It will never, ever be a thing. It's going to be a thing. Listen, why don't we get started? We've got the star. Oh, there it is. Well, that's the old graphic. It doesn't fit in anymore. Right. But why don't we get Lauren up here? All right. You convinced um, me. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Pop him up. All right. You're not going to have a coughing fit or anything? Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> All right, without further ado, here is Lauren. Go ahead and do the intro, George. Lauren, how are you tonight? I'm living a good life. How are you guys doing? You know, also living pretty good lives. We don't really care about Joe, but <laughs> I'm great. 
<laughs> Fair enough. That's why I pull disappearing acts like this. <laughs> Warren, thank you for coming on, man. I've got some stuff I'm really excited to talk to you about tonight. It means the world to me that you came on the show, man. Uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on, for allowing me to be a guest on this podcast. It's really important for all us indie filmmakers to reach, to talk directly to the horror audience. So, you know. Your last name's got some weight there, too, for some odd reason, right? <laughs> yeah, I still haven't figured that one out. Um, <laughs> listen, I watched Dark Military today. Um, why don't you, what, what I like to do is I like to let everybody kind of intro themselves because here's the thing, we all, got, we, we all have stuff that we want to talk about. Um, and uh, I like to kind of just roll into conversation by letting you kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are, your background, uh, what you're doing, what you've done, and what you've got coming up real quick, and then we'll revisit that at the end as well. Cool. Uh, hello, horror audience. Um, my name's Laura Leprey. I am out of the Philadelphia area. I've been in the film business going on 10 years now. Uh, I just kind of fell into film accidental. I was just uh, wanted to be an extra in a movie, fell in love, jumped right in, went to acting school and everything, jumped in, did every project I possibly could, good or bad, got my feet wet. Then I rolled into the short film thing. And that's where you kind of learn your errors. And, you know, that's where you can kind of mess up for a little bit, you know, start with the uh, short films. And I also was just a guy who was always out. And I ended up I have a lot of pull with venues around Philadelphia, so I ended up starting a two short film fest in Philadelphia, Freedom Shorts, and I also started Liberty Massacre. And I just kept networking and networking, going to conventions, and I just kept going. And when you're independent, you got to be louder. You you just you can't stop. And we all know anyone out there who's involved in this business how hard it even is these days to, to, to make money, to make it. You have to be louder. You've got to, you've got to use every bit of your network to, 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 to make it happen. And if you have access to something, I, I suggest you build around that. So when in 2015-ish, I ended up coming up with the idea for the dark military, I wanted to Come out swinging. I wanted to introduce new horror movie icons to the horror fans. And my top priority was make it believable and have a very good production. I was not so much set on gore, although there is some gore in it. But uh, but I really wanted to outshine and shine hard with lighting, especially outside at night. And... Uh, I always said, start off, I was going to only make a film with maybe about 10 actors. Well, the dark military had about 70 of them. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I just saw a vision. I had access to land. I had access. I just pulled from every one of my networks. And that's what I suggest everybody else does to start. Whatever you have access to, if you have access to a police station, a hospital, a doctor's office, build your film around that to start. Awesome. Thank you. Well, that was awesome, actually. <laughs> that was, you know, a lot of times you don't get, you know, you're very good at that, man. And I, uh, you said some stuff there that really resonated with me. I, you, you sound like somebody that I actually, um, really think we, we should probably get along. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> so, listen, so you started with wrestling, then you were an MMA fighter, right? Yeah. Now, when I'm studying my MMA fighter, I've been around martial arts for about 25 years. I mean, I've trained with Frank Shamrock and Militage Fighting System, um, Randy Williams, Close Range Combat Academy, uh, Ted Wong and Dan Lee, who were under uh, one of the five guys that took over Bruce Lee's Jeekwondo Nucleus after when he passed away. Judo Jima Bell. Like, I jumped all around, but, like, I've never fought um, a professional fight. I've only fought, like, the smokers and amateur thing. And I was doing that when I saw a flyer on South Street that he did zombies for this movie. And I was like, ah, I'm going to go do that. And when I watched how the set was run, I just sat back watching. And it was like, I was like a dog. I kept wanting to get close. And uh, all I did was get zombie makeup with about another 30 actors. And all we did was walk through a garage and cut. And I was like, 
No, I can't. I don't stop. Bro. You're like, I need more of this in my life. Yeah. I mean, I would just growl and walk forward, you know? And that was that. So I just jumped right. I just said, like, I don't want to stop. There's like, well, do you have acting experience? And, you know, wrestling's got the theater thing because I, I, I could talk. I was more of a manager guy anyway. So I just went right to Walnut Street Theater in Philly and came out swinging. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, normally when I meet somebody from Philly, I say, well, well I guess this means we should fight because I'm from Pittsburgh, but I don't think I want to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old. I'm too tired. I just scrolled through there. I just I actually stopped at the Monroeville Mall for the first time in my life about four months ago. Oh, so, yeah. They yeah. do a lot of things there to commemorate uh, dear old dad there. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, so, it's pretty cool, the stuff that they have going on there in Pittsburgh and Monroeville. Um, so that's interesting. what do you think of Pittsburgh other than that? I've been there a few times. Like I was there, it's been a while, but I was there for uh, November to remember 1999 when Shane Douglas fought, uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and, and, uh, he won the title back because yeah. I, I was doing the ECW thing, which I was just doing. Uh, I always say that it was like, Oh, you work for ECW. I never wrestled there folks. All I did was help with promotion. I was attempting to get into the company. I kind of felt like, I had my foot at the back door, and I'm like, give it time, give it time. We're bankrupt. I hate yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, like, I think a lot of guys who do what we do for a living, we have a lot of stories like that where, you know, we go after things, and and we go after these these sort of big things. And, you know, a lot of times it works out, but a lot of times things like what you just said happen, you know, I mean, oh, a company goes bankrupt after you put all this time, energy and effort into it and, you, you know, and, or, or, or somebody, you know, dies when you're, when you're 10 years into trying to get a film made with them and they're your dad and, you know, like just shit happens like that, you know, and I think it's hard. And one of the things that I think just based off your energy and talking to you for a couple of minutes so far, one of the things that I think is hard for a lot of indie filmmakers, man, is, um, is that perseverance, you know, it's, it's this kind of thing where a lot of us, we, we start out as the black sheep in the family for whatever reason, we've got all the friends who get the khakis and then they get the jobs and then we, they get the, the 401ks and the cubicles and all that stuff. And that's honorable and respectable, but they, you know, they come at people like us and they say, well, you really need to buckle down and you really need to, you know, get a job and you really need to find your, you know, find your this and find your that. And, you know, we're out there saying, you know, fuck that. Look, I love that you're doing this and everything. And I love that for you, but I, I need to go after something. And we do that for a long time. And so many people in our situations, I think, um, kind of get eventually worn down and broken down by that to the point where they give up. Right. So, you know, like what are, how, other than obviously just, like I said, just talking to you, I can tell that you've got that fight in you, you know, that, that, that we have, but how, how would you kind of maybe help some of these folks find that fucking fight every day, you know, because it's fucking hard. Here, here's, here's the elaborate a little bit more of what you just said. Um, I've been, I've never been unemployed since the time I turned 13 years old. Okay. Yeah. So like right now I, I live in a rancher home, uh, I love it. I think it's, it's, it's well done. I, but I live by myself. I got to pay a mortgage, my credit, everything's awesome. But like, it's always said, once you join film and you got all these cylinders going and you want to be an actor and you got your own, I got my own, you know, I, I'm a co-host for a show up at uh Princeton television as well. And I got the film fest. You go work your eight hour job and then your real job starts. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you have to be willing to to bite down and you have to outwork everybody, including your friends. You just you have to keep going. And when I made the dark military, the first thing I did after was there was no trailer. I started doing conventions and just handing out posters, handing out flyers, giving shit out for free. I'm trying to sell the logo and everything that this popped up on your screen. Like that's like the marketing tool. And the logo is phenomenal, by the way. I love the logo. Thank you so much. And that's like a selling point. And you got to have all this down. And you got to have some clips for people to show. And you got to meet the fans. That's like a big thing. So that's costing you money, too. 
And think about it. You're at a convention. You could come up with something maybe to sell to try to get some money back. But it's not like a prideful guy, a real indie director is not going to make bogus Jason shirts and try to, you know, profit off of someone else's property. That's shady. That's so wrong. So you got to be willing to take a hit. And you, but yet you got to get out there. So my big thing, folks, is I've always persevered. I was like the only metalhead in school stuff. I came from a whole bunch of jock backgrounds. I had no confidence. I didn't like. I didn't talk. Jesus, uh, yeah, I could sum up all the female relationships I had up to eighteen back home in like thirty seconds. By the time it was, things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> When you join martial arts and then you find a Pennsylvania hardcore scene and then you, you, you're you around wrestlers, like it, you just start building confidence. And the thing you have to say to yourself, in, it, folks, it's just one way or another. You got to say, why not me? And once you start down that path, don't stop. I've watched so many people buckle that didn't even come close to hitting a bump in the road as I did. Mm-hmm. I did a lot, and they keep coming every day, trying to get the distribution companies and stuff that keep coming for your films and stuff that don't want to give you any money. The dark military was hit up, I think it's exactly 46 times of these companies that, you have the best film, oh, you're going to make it your flagship film. They don't want to give you any money. You're talking to them, and then you, you ask them questions about your film they can't they can't answer because they really didn't watch your film. They just want content. Well, right, and they don't need to watch your film because they've got an algorithm. Yeah, and they maybe have saw the music video. Maybe they saw that I bought Time and Stream magazine and Fangor and all that stuff. Say, well, this guy's already did some of the damage. And then they send you the papers with all this cryptic writing. And that's mm-hmm. them. That's them. That cryptic writing, folks, is them. You sign your film over forever mm-hmm. and, and not getting one one bit of profit. One more one thing I always tell the fil- the film people and I did this with Dark Military too, is every film company that hits you up, go to their websites, look up five to ten films there, get a hold of the director or the producers, ask them, hey, I'm a curious party, this company wants me, how are they treating you? I guarantee if you can even get a hold of a few of them, because it's not like every one of them answer, they'll come right up with the, the truth, which is they never got a check. Yeah. 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 You know, this is actually a big. I'm glad that you start that you started talking about this because I was going to get into the distribution of it with you. This is a big thing that we talk about at the Andy Brigade, and this is exactly why uh, we brought Dean Fernando in uh, to work with me and start our own distribution label for indie filmmakers. Uh, we're gonna we're doing a two basically a two tier label. We've got Romero Pictures, and then we've got the Indie Brigade, and they're separate labels. <laughs> excuse me, under one umbrella. But the reason that we're doing this is because I've been doing this a very long time, Lauren, and I've seen every bad contract every sales agent can send you, and I've been in every shitty meeting, and yeah. I've gone and I've walked the floors of AFM for, a, what, like 11 or 12 years running, um, and yeah, I've, right. I've watched I've, I've, I've watched people who they'll spend you. You said you conceived this thing in 2015. I've watched people take longer to get a movie made mm-hmm. go to a place like afm find you know some guy in a fancy suit yep. that uh, that you know paid for a suite on on the right floor of the hotel and um you know and basically they say look we're going to sell your film this is what we're going to do and uh you know uh that's not exactly or at all what they're actually planning on doing all of the money that they raise from filmmakers or that they make filmmakers sign a contract for basically because none of us have the money to afford to pay these guys between $35,000 and $75,000 to market your film. Uh, they sign a contract with you. It's kind of like buying a car. They sign a contract and says, uh, you, you know, we're going to take our $35,000 or our $40,000. We're going to take it off the top and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. All that really means is they're going to recut your trailer. They're going to redo a poster. They're not going to give you any say in it. They're going to put it in their catalog. They're going to go to the markets and the festivals, which the money from all the filmmakers they sign contracts with is going to pay for. Uh, And then what they don't tell a filmmaker is that that 35 or $40,000 that they're going to take puts them in first position in front of your own investors. So if you invest in your own film or, or worse, you go out and you get a guy to give you $50,000, $100,000, half a million dollars to make a movie. 
and you're supposed to pay him back the honorable contract for filmmaking as you pay him back before you take a dime. Um, you know, now you've got these guys who jump right in front of everything. They jump in front of PA, they jump in front of investors, and they certainly jump in front of the filmmakers. And then by the time that the movie is at a point where the filmmakers should be seeing uh, money, it's already not making any more money because they don't give a shit because they already made their 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 marketing fees, their sales and, and marketing fees. And to add to that, I mean, I got a whole bunch of that, but I've heard, I've, I've seen emails, I've heard conversations where I sat down a line where other people's films were. You'd hit up the distro company and they'd be like, sue us, come, come, come right after us. Because they know you don't have the, enough money. You might be able to get a lawyer to come after them, but they know you're the small man in the totem pole. They're going to bleed you out. That's right. Every time. Every time. They, and, and so anyway, so that's why we've started up our own distribution branch. Our goal is to help film, you know, and all of our deals are non-exclusive. So basically our entire point of our distribution arm is to sort of help guide filmmakers uh, through this process and kind of stand with them and be that guy standing there with a baseball bat in the corner of the room when they're going to talk to these people who are going to, you know, screw them over. And then for, uh, for, for most of the projects that we're, that we're uh, already accepting actually through our submissions, um, we, we actually just go do all of that for the filmmakers and, uh, the money that we take from the filmmakers is, is minuscule. It's a fraction of what these guys are charging. And we do that because we're not in this to get rich. We're not in this to get famous. We're in this to help as many fucking indie filmmakers get their shit out there and put money in their pockets so they can get the next one out. Yeah, that's, that's great too. And you know, like what you said, I could, I got lied right a lot what you just said, but like when they'll say like, you're we're gonna put you two grand in a hole because you need you got to get a new poster made and it, right. and i like when they would pitch to be like we want to make your poster like the overlord movie like sure. we already have we already have the overlord movie i don't want to be the overlord movie i want to be the dark military and they'll, they'll, they, but like if that's the distro company you don't want to give the artists money up front why are we going in in debt to our own film and then have to pay more for a poster. Right. You know, well, the, the, the distribution companies never loses a dime. That's, that's their whole thing. Well, yeah, the house never loses, man. Never, never. <laughs> you know? and, and that's why I've never signed with them. Yeah, exactly. And, and so now that brings me to my next question is uh, the dark military is um, on Amazon prime. That is so you myself through through uh, average superstar films is the company I run of because that is the only outlet well, a lot of filmmakers know that you can directly upload everybody else you got through the allocators for so right. yeah so that's as far as well I mean to sit here and really go into dropping a bomb here I because I'm not really one that like likes to run the computer and drop bad news but you know what I'm talking about and so will a few people here in a second I got caught with a distributor nightmare. I don't doubt it. Yeah. So basically <laughs> my first quarter you know, last year, like, you know, everybody, they took the money and ran and shut down. There's me and another thousand filmmakers out there that, you know, the first quarter is everything. Even Star Wars opening weekend at Avengers, the first, the first weekend's everything. So That's right. I'm going to be uh, elaborating a lot more on that through video with a whole bunch of other people. We kind of got a, you know, our retaliation stuff, but I'm more curious about the five main people that from distributor got jobs in the business immediately right after. I want to, I want to hear from them most of all, it's almost more than the money situation. I mean, it's an independent film. You're not, you, you, none of us are getting, you know, <laughs> We're gonna buy five houses with it, but you you want to know at the end of the day, you get something back. You did, you know, you know what I mean? Like money, I always say it's like don't ever say money doesn't matter because it does, but it shouldn't be your main thing. The 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 art first. But that's right. Like I said, man. I don't do what I do to get rich, and I don't do what I do to get famous. I do what I do because I don't have a fucking choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I showed you the money that I've made off of things that I've made, you'd, you'd, you'd probably turn your stomach because there's, you, you, you I've done more jobs where I didn't make a dime than I've gotten paid on anything. Uh, um, you know, and, but it doesn't stop me, man, you know, and, but to go back to the Amazon thing real quick. Um, and first of all, I'm really curious to, to, to watch you call these, these fuckers out, man. So, 
I'm curious, uh, you know, your Amazon experience is that I got to ask, is that what you're referring to or is the Amazon thing been okay? Well, first off, when distributor got it, they put it on iTunes and Amazon and they were, they were doing it for fee. Mm -hmm. They were making whatever, $4 or whatever. And I was supposed to make this and that. And you're watching your number go up like, Oh, cool. September. I'm going to get all this. And, hey, I'm going to put a little bit more money in the house because that check's coming. And then, you know, all of a sudden they stopped talking to you because they were pretty good at getting back to you within 48 hours. Then this one talks to that one. And then, you know, it, it got ridiculous. So, I mean, that made Vanity Fair. That made the L.A. Times. I mean, these people got called out and then all those people went and made their face deleted their Facebooks and all that stuff. I mean, the filmmakers were going to actually distributor office to find out it was closed. Yeah. You know, they, they closed shop. So they took, they took advantage of all of us because basically they probably don't think there's not, we could do about it. And you know, I like, I don't, I don't, I don't bullshit. I know no matter what we got a civil law lawsuit going against them. We're going to get pennies on the dollar. Like we're not, even if we win and we most likely should like that check that comes through is probably be like, Hey, cool. $37. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what's going to happen. So yeah. Every year I get this envelope from the director's guild uh, and I'm not in the DGA. Um, but every year I get this envelope from the director's guild foreign levies division. Because uh -huh. I did uh, uh, some of the stuff I've done has gotten worldwide release and went out in Europe and everything. And they've got this division of the DGA that goes out and, and looks out for directors and filmmakers. And every year I get this envelope that, you know, and it's like I get an email that says, hey, we're going to be sending you your foreign levies. We've been monitoring your work and blah, blah, blah. We're going to send you some money. And every year I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe, you know, and I'll get it. It'll be like it'll be like two dollars and thirty seven cents. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> so then, the, the, keep in mind when distributor went down, they ended up um, shutting shop down. But all everybody's film, everybody's film is on Amazon and this one and that one and Netflix. Well, they can't get their film back. Because that the, the they're, they're the allocator that has to take it down. So for me to prove the Amazon, I mean, I, I, you're trying to get hold of Amazon. You're trying to prove it's your film, and eventually I did. Uh, it took a very long time, but I got you know it all back. So right now, I was like, you know what? It it, it was embarrassing. Like you, you, I don't want to make a post like, hey, my film's in limbo. I don't like doing stuff like that. I'm just like, fight through this, get it back, and sure. then. I, I put it on Prime for free for everyone to watch because I look at it's not about the money anymore. It's about getting the getting the film scene. I mean, of course, you know, uh, through T-shirts and stickers and you know, you know the, the dark military glasses. Like you got you got everything. Like you know, there's other areas for a filmmaker to to profit or you know tr try to stay afloat. Sure. So, right now, you know, like I rather be trying to get my film to Tubi and stuff because I think Tubi's going to be the number one network soon because I mean, you got your Netflix, your Hulu and your Disney plus and HBO 2000 and all this stuff. You mm -hmm. are all making you pay for stuff. And Tubi's got more movies than, than any network and it's free. And there's over a thousand horror movies there. So that's why I'm trying to get to what they got three commercials. Uh, it's on, it's everything's on un, uh, uncut. You know, language, nudity, it's all there, folks. It's just what, you got to watch three commercials for 30 seconds? I don't care. So listen, you need to talk to Dean Fernando. Um, and uh, and uh, you're, you're singing our song, man. This is exactly what we're building, and this is exactly what we're putting in place. And uh, it's, you know, for uh, projects like yours and filmmakers like you, we uh, have a path for you that actually goes straight through Tubi, straight through Pluto, straight through all that stuff. So we need to get you in touch with Dean Fernando and talk about this. And, and I need to hang up from this podcast immediately, and so do you. We you got some side business to talk about. Yeah, I know, right? Well, hey, that's that's. Uh, and just because Joe popped up, he's here to remind me that I need to say that everybody out there is listening to Romero Pictures Indie Brigade podcast with your host George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely, and we're talking with Lauren Laprie, actor, and star, producer, writer of. The Dark Military, available currently on Amazon Prime Video. For free, folks. Go right for it. Enjoy. Do it. This is set. This is set up for a trilogy, too. Awesome. Yeah. So, well, so now we're not reading Joe my mind with, yet. Now we got to ask Joe what the fuck he wants. Oh yeah, I know what he wants. He wants to tell me that Katie's waiting to come up on screen. He wants to tell me to read more comments. 
Uh, he wants to tell me that he still hasn't loaded the Blame Joe graphic, the right one. Oh, wait a minute. I, I just saw... Wait, hold that thought, please. Hold on. Damn it. I lost <laughs> it. Oh, well, there is the... Do we need Blame Joe merch? So that's... Yeah, I'm We are actually adding Blame Joe merch hey, into the mix. Out there. Cool. How you doing, Joe? <laughs> and I also saw is uh, blame George starting the trend. No, so. it's not a thing. No. <laughs> it's not a. It's not a thing. Uh, Listen, why was... don't we? Why don't we bring Katie Walsh up here? Katie was in your film. I would love to. And for folks out there, don't ask for her cell phone, please. <laughs> yeah. She's not going to give it to you. She needs it. I don't even have a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, how's it going? It's good. It's going good. How are you guys? We're great. Thank you for coming back on the show again. I'm glad we didn't run you off last week. I was going to say, yeah, long time no see. But yeah, uh, yeah. when I saw her put a cell phone in the bag and then a little while later, oh, I fucking, yeah, okay. It was like, <laughs> no. To be fair, you do get your phone back. She does. Yeah. Yes, in the film, I do get the phone back. But I have to tell you, in that one scene, when we're all lined up at the bus to, I don't want to give too much away, but we're all lined up at the bus and we have to relinquish our cell phones to uh, the people who are in charge of the TV show. And so we're all lined up in front of the bus, us, all the actors, and we're literally having to take our phones and drop them in the bag. And I'm just for a split second, I'm thinking, okay. I really don't know any of these people. Um, <laughs> I have to drop my cell phone in the bag and get on the bus. And that's literally what they're making us do. I'm relinquishing my actual cell phone thinking, what if this is real? Just for a <laughs> second, I'm like, could this, could this be real? But obviously I'm still alive. So, and, and Lauren's not in prison. Yeah, I, I, I didn't need an insurance disaster. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's like, let me drop my new iPhone 11 in the bag. Hopefully I'll get it back. <laughs> I think actually collecting everybody's cell phones is a brilliant way to avoid an insurance disaster. That no, that way nobody can call anyone on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> or get the pictures. So, um, so listen, so just to give everybody watching a timeline here, uh, Lauren, you said you came up with this film in 2015. Yes. Uh, when did you shoot it? When did you finish it? When, when were you guys together in production? When were you on set together? All right. So first off, um, I, I wouldn't... I won't call myself like the master scriptwriter in any way. I was still new to it. So I aligned myself with some uh, good people that do scripts. One of them, a name I could always bring up, uh, Steve Carino. He's the unsung hero of my film and a close friend of mine. But he has a lot of experience in that. So I did 19 drafts over the course of nine months where – you said this five times. You don't need to say it five times. This is you. You can't. You can't let anyone read how you wrote this. They're gonna be laughing in your face. Like I had a one-on-one, -on -one, like, and I, and we have like a zero tolerance of like 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 no stringing along. Say something. It's not supposed to hurt you. It's just like we got no time for this. So right. Uh, yeah. So I I ended up doing that and uh, finally came up with something like boom. Like all right, yeah, I think you got it. So I came up with that and then. Uh, my first day was September 12th and of 2015. And I had nearly 100 people between both uh, <laughs> both sites because uh, there was two shoots on that day. Uh, 100 people on set between cast and crew. So talk about like coming out swinging, talking about putting a lot of pressure on yourself. But we did it. And I also, Kay's one of the few people I actually didn't know. Because between my film festivals, people that I know, I knew these people could knock these roles out. So we, I knew I only had enough for about nine or ten days, budget-wise, to shoot this. I could not have an actor show up and not know their lines. I could have zero time for drama. So I also turned people away that really wanted to be in my film, but I knew if I had them on set... This one's going to be chasing every girl around. This one's not going to stop talking about themselves and upset the rest of the cast. You know, this girl's going to be a diva. I was like, I have no time for that. So, man, I like your style more and more, man. Yeah, thank you. So, <laughs> sure. so, I, I, you have to, you have to look at like there was like groups. Uh, Kay's character was 
not liked by anyone. So you didn't have a group, but <laughs> you had your gods, you had Team Dean, you, you had Team Teddy, uh, your, your punks. I had a big thing about when these people are off camera, are they going to get along okay? Yeah. And we're over here doing this because I don't need a problem. So um, I have to say, I, I call it, I drafted my cast. But Katie was one of the few roles where the roles were open. And I was offering it to other actresses, and they were like, I can't shoot that day. Why don't you shoot it three weeks from now? And I'm like, but right. I ain't going to remove 100 actors for you? Like, no. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, Corey Castle played Griffin. He, when, he, when I brought him in, he suggested her. I was like, uh, I don't know her. Please send me something. I saw something she acted in, and I was like, I don't know her. I'm rolling the dice. She better not be crazy. <laughs> if it is, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and she killed it. You killed it, Katie. Seriously, you did a great job. And uh, this was an early film in your in your career. This was the first uh, feature film that I'd ever done. And it was a real eye-opener. And honestly, I kind of feel like I was spoiled because some of the films they did afterwards lacked the organization, lacked the dedication, lacked the intelligence. Um, so the dark military being on that set was really an eye opener. And Lauren just has so much knowledge at the time and continues to have so much knowledge. It's really good to have that, you know, continuing to go in the back of my head because he really knows his stuff. Um, yeah. But it was a cool set to be on. There was a lot of people. And for a long time, you know, we were pretty bonded together, but with all those people, like everybody kind of goes off in their separate directions after a while. But that's why it was cool when when we did play it at the Trocadero in Philadelphia. It's a theater in Philly. Mm -hmm. All kind of got back together and that was kind of neat. But um, lots of different people, a variety of characters on screen and off screen. Um, and Lauren and, and Steve Carino, who was, the coolest he really stepped in when lauren had to do the acting and step back from directing steve stepped in and really just took care of business like drill sergeant like oh i'm messing with this guy nobody did and that's why the film turned out as good as it did because people knew their roles they knew where they were supposed to be they showed up both production end and talent and i think it turned out pretty well it did it turned out great it turned out great i watched it earlier today so and what she was saying too is like where everybody a lot of people moved their life up to where the hunting ground was because it was on someone's property with a lot of acres so we could be as loud as we want but you know we we, we got the you know the sky lifts dropping the lights off i mean people are set up with tents we had trailers people are staying in the house i mean it was well run and i could honestly say uh other than day one was the only day I gave my cast pizza because there was a hundred people and I was like, that's just too many. They're getting pizza this day. But after that, we had catered food. We had a little of everything and stuff. So I made sure that cast was was well fed. And I remember for me, everyone's like, grab the food first, Lauren, you're the director. I remember standing at the end of the table and made sure mm -hmm. every one of my cast and crew got food first before I got mine and sat down out of respect. Yeah, I barely eat when I'm on set, man. I, I I'm my brain's going too fast, and usually at some point, several hours after meal break, somebody will come over to me with a plate of food and say, "Did you eat anything today?" And I'll say, "I don't actually know." And they'll say, "Well, here's some food. Sit down and eat." And I'll be like, "All right, fuck it, put it there. I'll uh, whatever." But yeah, you know, because um, there's so much going through your mind, and when you're dealing with so many people, and you're dealing with a true location, I mean. You know, uh, there's location filmmaking and then there's location filmmaking. And, um, you know, what I mean by that is there's, you know, like I did a thing where we shot in a hospital and we had access to all the power and we had access to everything we needed and we had access to a cafeteria to sit down at and our caterer could come in and have a nice warm place. Then I did another movie out in the middle of nowhere with no hot running water, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, no power, no, literally nothing. Um, and you know, and that was one of the biggest crews I ever had. I think I had a crew of over a hundred people on that, on that project. And, uh, it was, it was fucking terrifying because you get out there and, uh, and you realize, well, shit, absolutely anything I'm going to need from water to electric for cell phone chargers, we're going to have to figure out how to get it here. And we're going to have to get it here to support this many people. Um, and, and that kind of location filmmaking, man, is it's hardcore. Absolutely, it's hardcore. And as the filmmaker and director, uh, the challenges that must have come with that are, are unbelievable. And Katie, as your first feature film, 
out to be out in the middle of nowhere where people are literally setting up a commune in tents just to stay there and get committed and get stuff done. That must have been like that must have really been something for both of you guys. It was. And there were some late nights, too. I think there was one of the well, the last scene that I did. We were there until almost six in the morning. I think I crashed for like an hour in the freezing cold on the bus because we were it was a big property and the bus was outside. Um, but, yeah, it was it was intense. And um, no pun intended. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but I see what you did there. It speaks to and what you were saying about you have you're just trying to put together this this film and everything's working against you. It's cold. You don't have the power you need. You don't have the electric you need. And then you get it done. And then what do you do the next time an opportunity shows up? You do it again. And then you do yeah. it again. Yeah. because it's not because you're going to get anything from it, but you have to. You have to. You yeah. must create this art. You must embody these people. You must tell this story. It's almost not even a choice. It yeah. doesn't matter how cold or hot or terrible it is. You're going to show up and do it. We we shot for for uh, eight days basically. The uh, September twelfth we shot, and then we were off for a week, and then we went straight through. Now keep in mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I have this all set up and it's well planned. I mean, I, I have to say, like, tap myself, I, I'm, I'm like a boy scout. I had it all ready, but there's one thing that could ruin the whole thing. I mean, it could, it could kill the film. God, Mother Nature could send rain. Oh, that's the film gods, man. Oh, and you know what? Nothing. I was blessed. We got no bad weather whatsoever. The only real hiccup we had was actually Katie's night, which he's talking about, where we kept the generator kept going out. We kept losing. I literally had my cast there at four thirty, and we were gonna like, hey, sundown by six o'clock, and cool, we'll be done by midnight. We didn't start till midnight. I'm like, we had a crane with a big light rigged up yeah. to it. We kept and losing power. I, like, I just have to trust my crew. Every so often, like, are we okay? Why? Why are we not okay? Like, why is the bulb pop? Why is this happening? And then like, Katie was like one of my only uh, that night was the one of the person I didn't know, and I'm like. She's gonna be ripping me on Facebook. I could just see it now. <laughs> she's gonna go, she's gonna lay into me, and I'm like, and I have nothing to say. <laughs> well, you know, that's something else that a lot of people don't realize that you know, I mean, and especially you know, uh, nowadays with the ability for people to get on social media and trash you so easily, um, you know, the things that go through a filmmaker's mind on set uh at any given moment it's it's not one of these sort of things where you can where you show up and you compartmentalize anything it's everything at once because you know uh you you have to open these floodgates if you don't open the floodgates and open and and let it all out uh then you end up in when my case anyway i end up then sort of repressing everything so it's weird like you have to be fucking raw you know, like you have to like, it's like you have to wear all your nerve endings on the outside as a filmmaker. Yeah. And as an actor, you have to do that too. You do that. And you also have to like, you, you can't show to anyone there's a problem. You can't look unconfident. I've seen that on other sets where the director falls apart and like cries. I'm like, the, the, that's not built in my DNA to cry and anything, but like you have to have it all down. And I'm like, call time because it was all in a lot of night shoots, dark military largely outside call times 4 30 but like i'm at the there's people staying over like i can't not not be there like i'm not i can't be mr rockstar and show up at 4 30 so it's like basically <laughs> 4 30 you know i'm there the call times 4 30 in the afternoon we're shooting to 4 30 to 6 in the morning ish you're going home uh you're trying to get a rest and then i gotta go i'm heading to steve carino's house so i keep bringing up because we gotta watch that footage over mm -hmm. To make sure he's also the editor, so he'd be like, you know what? We need a transition here. We just need to have you turn this way, but we gotta like go shoot that like up front. Like you gotta get it out of the way because mm -hmm. you can't be in a party like atmosphere. It's okay yeah. with cast and stuff, you know, that they'll wind a little bit when I'm gone, and stuff, but like I can't party. You know, yeah. it's on me. If this was this wasn't the go down, no matter what, it was all me. And then like then one of the nights we had the fuse network there. The Fuse Network there did an episode on one of my cast members about, and you were getting to know him because uh, he was part of this dance show and stuff. And he's also, oh, well, you make film? Well, 
Could we come check that out? Of course, I'm not going to refuse the Fuse Network. Right. For free yeah. marketing. But so we got we got some publicity for two or three episodes. So it, that's it's, really cool. That's yeah. really cool. That's the really ball, cool. The ball bounces your way. You got to use your network. Same thing with all the bands that are in my movie and stuff. And, you know, Lumini and Sharon Lang from Original Dark Shadows and uh, Alex Vincent from Child's Play. It's like these are all people I only got to know because I was out. <laughs> I don't sit yeah. home, you know. So, right. you know, and you always have those people that say, hey, I'd love to be in one of your films. And then I go to make the dark military. And some of these people you reach out and they never talk to you again. <laughs> you always got those people like, I'd love to be in your movie. And then, okay, yeah. <laughs> you ghost out. That's fine. I'm not <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's everybody in this business, man. Um, especially the further west you get. That's why. <laughs> Hence my, my pre-show comments, Katie. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, George. What show is this again? Oh, this is the Romero Pictures Indie Brigade podcast with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ranchley. Tonight's <laughs> guests are Lauren... <laughs> Free, uh, actor, writer, producer, and director of Dark Military, and Katie Walsh, uh, who was in the Dark Military and a phenomenally talented young actress. Uh, this is her second time back on the show, and we're thrilled to have her back here with us again tonight. And you know, it's interesting. Katie asked earlier how you and I met, and the guy is actually on here how you and I met. It, it's Mr. Brian Enright. There he is. What's up, Brian? So, uh, yeah, I think a year and a half, two years ago, I, I saw I saw George on one of the posts that Brian, I can't remember if it was the Horror Syndicate or if it was VHS at Midnight. And George and I struck up a conversation then and he ended up on my first show and the rest is history. But, yes, it's all due to Brian Enright right there, who is uh, starting his acting career, actually. So. Guy, he's uh, uh, been a big supporter of my film. Uh, he's been here. Brian actually lives about two minutes down the road from me. Nice, <laughs> excellent, buddy. Yeah. So. Um, well, it's awesome to have him here and supporting. We've got Scotty out there. Uh, Scotty, just want to say thanks, man. Uh, you've been supportive since the get-go with the Indie Brigade, and I can't thank you enough. Um, you know, I think uh, I would love it. I don't get a chance to scroll through these comments because I ramble. So um, well, that's true. And I just want them to make sure that they see this. Also, Stephen Carino says, thanks, Katie and Lauren. Stephen, thanks for watching, man. And, and and obviously, thanks for the work that you did with Lauren and everything. I don't I'm just meeting Lauren, but I can tell you, man, this guy's got the, the right fucking attitude for this shit. And uh, and Katie's badass. Um, and so. I just got to do a few more shout outs. Elena, Logan. um, uh, Bolt Z. Yeah, but uh, he lives up the road. Yeah, his name's Bill. Bill's a great guy. He, and actually, I met Bill really quick. Uh, for all you people out there that that about, I'm talking about marketing at conventions, Bill's the guy that walked by the dark military table and was like, this looks interesting, and we talked, and now the guy's in my life. And just like that, it's like, it's called building an audience. But get out to those conventions and see if you have to do it if you're a horror movie person. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, so speaking of which, uh, we're getting sort of near the top of the hour here. So what I would like to do is, um, uh, Lauren, do you want to kind of tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find you on social, where they can see the dark military and, uh, what you got going on and what you got coming up? Okay. So, um, I'm, um, obviously here on Facebook and I'm also on Instagram. It's, uh, Lauren Lepre. You could, uh, check out the dark military, uh, for free on Amazon prime, please. Everybody, everybody flood that. Uh, it's been a lot of work. Uh, the cast and crew, they, all, they did an amazing job. So much went in. It's been set up for a trilogy. So please go to Amazon, share it, uh, share the trailer, everything. Please jump on board on that. Uh, as far as other projects, um, I just did a small appearance, a uh, little part, and I also helped out with a few locations for this um horror film you may have heard of called Terrifier Part 2. Excellent. <laughs> yes. So uh, I'm, friend, yeah, I'm good with David and uh, Damien. Damien. Damien and David. Yes. Yeah. So Every, everybody who's involved with and watches and is a fan of the Indie Brigade knows all, all about Terrifier 2. We're that's all right. And honestly, for, for, for what I'm saying about the being loud, everybody, that's how I got to know those guys. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what you have to 
you know, and you get, you, one of the big things is like, I do a lot of podcasts. I, if you YouTube me, there's a, there's about a hundred videos that come up. Don't say you're something without having the evidence to back it up. <laughs> so that's, that's right. the whole, when you Google my name, a lot of stuff comes up like, and like a proof of who you are. One of the ultimate turnoffs for me when someone's an actor or a camera guy comes up or a director says, I'm such and such. Here's my card, but my website's out of date. I mm -hmm. don't touch your card. You're not, you're not prepared. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm just very big on that. Like it, you, you, you just said hire me, but I'm an F up already. Just like that. I'm like, <laughs> please have everything in order. And I'm one of them guys at any network event, any convention, when someone's telling me how great they are, I'm Googling their name right in front of them. I just want to know, like, is, are you say, are you who you say you are? If a whole bunch of stuff comes up, like, yes, someone I need to talk to. They're not throwing bullshit. But if <laughs> nothing comes up, it's just a line, folks. I think that's where you and I are a little bit different. I actually don't. I hate looking people up, man. I fucking hate it. I would rather meet somebody and sit down and spend an hour and get to know them and and uh, but you know um but i get what you're saying completely and there's a there's a lot of value to that advice uh for a lot of folks out there i just personally um you know like i i've gone into rooms where i've watched somebody like putting down their phone finishing googling me and shit and uh and <laughs> you know and, and i don't like it but um but i i just rather talk to you and get to know you as a person and 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 go from there because quite frankly uh, on, on my experience with things, I, I've some of the best friends I've ever made in my life. I met that way, just you know, and they might not be somebody I end up working with, but they might be somebody I end up caring about for the rest of my life. And either way, it's a win win for me. Well, so, uh, you know I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking about every person, I'm talking about someone who says in the film business wants to work with you. Yeah, you, you know, there's a lot of bad apples. Out. That's all I mean by that. Absolutely. There are more bad apples than not. And most people, especially who aren't from a certain ge geographical region we talked about pre-show, uh, namely the East Coast, a lot of people in this business um, really fucking suck. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> everybody, everybody walks with a fist. You know? Yeah, you know, and. It's fucking weird. Probably just get hit off all the time, you know, because of your last name. Everyone's just like, oh, this guy's got to definitely be something. When the dark military was done, I had people just IMing me on Facebook, like, yo, I got a great idea for a script. It's only going to cost a half a million dollars to do it. Like, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you get right on that. <laughs> well, that's why we started the Indie Brigade, man. The Indie Brigade, we're working on turning it into more than a podcast. We're working on turning it into a movement for the Indies, a real movement for the Indies, a place where. You know, because I, I I do get hit up a lot, but you know what? I, I can't respond to everybody, even though I do try on some level to respond to almost everybody. Um, you, you know, so the Indie Brigade is is that's what it's about. It's about taking all the experience that I've gained and all the all the friends that I've gained over my non-number but a lot of years in the business um and and making it available to folks who need it to folks who want it and to folks who want to know the real shit so um you know thank you for everything tonight katie um why don't you tell everybody where we can find you on your socials tell us what you've got going on what's coming up for you what's the deal uh, so I was here last week talking about a film called 100 Acres of Hell, uh, starring Gene Snitsky from the WWE. It's got Ernie O'Donnell from Clerks. Uh, it is a very cool, uh, very unique horror film with some pretty interesting characters. That's on Amazon Prime, uh, Hulu. I think it's on Redbox now. Anywhere that's streaming, you can find 100 Acres of Hell. Um, in the middle of doing another short film or another feature film um, called Agoraphobia. And I believe Lauren might be making an appearance. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Yes. So Agoraphobia, find it. They're actually going to be advertising the production all through it. So if you want to see our progress, how we're doing, it's called Agoraphobia. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Katie Walsh. Um, or if you want to look up my photography, uh, my Instagram is DarthCater33. Best Instagram ever. Love that name. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't know how to thank you for coming on tonight. It's been amazing sitting here and talking with you here. At thank, you, thank you so much, George. Definitely uh, we'll talk once this is over. And everybody yeah, keep us up. up to date on what's going on because Please we're do. really excited for both of you.
Please do. We're all very excited for both of you, and you've got huge fans here in the Indy Brigade now. So we're pulling for you, and uh, and you got people now. You know, you got the brigade behind you. So, so George, I'm going to drop them down, and you and I are going to have a second. So again, thank you very much, guys. Thank you, guys. See you guys so much. And here we are again. God damn it! <laughs> if I had feelings, that hurt. <laughs> oh, Joe, I love you. Um, you know I, what? I'm going to actually ask you what uh, what are people out there listening to right now, Joe? Motley Crue. Oh, you mean Indie Brigade? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Romero Pictures Indie Brigade with your host, George C. Romero and Joe Ridgely. Ridgely. Let me find <laughs> that um, is plain George trending comment. It's There is no, it's not a thing. Uh, there it is. Thank you, Damon. Damon, no, it is not. It's not even a thing. Uh, apparently, it's right. Wait, I'm sorry. Hold up. It is a thing. No, it's it's not. It's not I see it in black and white. And if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Look at this. Check this out. I just want to show you something really quick. It, um, you know, the lovely thing about this is I could take the whole screen over without him even knowing. <laughs> so whatever he has in store for us, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to see on this. Oh, well, shit. I guess I got to. Oh, he turned his camera off. <laughs> look at Touché. that. Look what, I keep on my, look what I keep on my McKim wooden leather clipboard. Cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of feel guilty <gasps> that we didn't hit a lot of questions and comments tonight because there were some good ones out there, man. And there, there's some filmmakers that are watching. And uh, I wanted to touch base on this one from Ron. Earlier, he said, I'm pretty lucky I found someone who believes my vision and put up the catch, and my first feature is done shooting on Sunday because of it. Yeah, Phenomenal. Ron, Ron's been going after it, and uh, I'm really proud of Ron. I've been watching his progress. We talk from time to time, and uh, he's getting after it, man. He's doing a great job, and uh, he's got some good shit coming up Sunday. And uh, Ron, you got it, man. You, you're going to kill it. A lot of people would not a lot of nice things to say about Distriber or something like that. Uh, not a lot of nice things to say about Joe. Uh, oh yeah, about Distriber. I saw that. Yeah. Um, I I'm pretty thankful I never really had the chance to fuck around with them. I heard that it was bad. So. Um, yeah. Uh, a lot of comments about cell phones. Not don't belong on the site anyway. Uh, that's true. That's true. Hey, if you're some big fancy filmmakers out there, you know, they don't, you know, I heard a story that there's a guy out there that doesn't even allow bottled water on his set because he doesn't like the sound the bottles make. N nothing. You got nothing. No, I'm thinking about is like the scene in the Warriors with the bottles on the fingers. And right. I have a Warriors poster up in the wood shop. Do you really? Yeah. We cool. should, I might do an episode from the wood shop one day. You should do that. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm just scrolling these comments time. too. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel bad. That, you should uh, feel bad. Well, oh, I mean, we, why? We got Ed. <laughs> Ed McKeever, what's up? Thank you, buddy. Who is from 100 Acres of Hell also. Oh, oh he Ed, fell down a mountain. He did. <laughs> Apparently, he got stuck. <laughs> we got David Madison freezing my quiches off in Pennsylvania. <laughs> what's nice. up, David? It's getting cold here in Kentucky, too, man. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be our first actual day of a hardcore winter. Uh, see. Well, wait, wrong one. Thank you. Why does it keep moving? There we go. Joe, take over. Take over what? I have no idea. Oh, man. I don't think Scotty likes me. I think he. I think he's in the Joe camp. Is that a bad thing? Kind of. All right, we're going to wrap this up. Um, George, so you, you've got some social media places. What, what do you got? McKim, you got Romero? Well, pictures. yeah, we've got, but see what we did, Joe. We, we took everything that we've got and we put it up at RomeroPictures.com. If you want to see a no frills, no links, no fancy list of all our links, you can go to Linktree. 
forward slash Romero pictures. Uh, but if you really want to see all the cool, pretty graphics, if you want to see cool pictures of Joe and people like that, um, go to RomeroPictures.com where you can sign up for our newsletter. You can uh, find all our merch. You can find links to every aspect of the Indie Brigade that is growing. Literally, it's growing every week. We're adding new cool people, new cool things, uh, and stuff to do. So, uh, please uh, plug the Trailer Fest. Oh, yeah. Hey, that's a really good thing. I, I actually thought that I forgot to bring that up. The Trailer Fest is our own little online film festival for trailers only. If you've got a film trailer, if you've got a trailer for anything that you've done, uh, please come to RomeroPictures.com, click Trailer Fest, uh, sign up, and submit your trailer. Uh, I don't really remember what the deadlines are, but we're doing one every three months. We're doing... Uh, we're basically doing, uh, we're awarding winners every three months to our trailer fest, and this is our first one. So uh, get your ass over RomeroPictures.com. There your are some rules, so make sure you read the rules. Yeah, see, and that's why we don't like Joe. He's the one who always reminds us about that shit. But it's a good point. It's a good point. So fuck you, Joe. Um, anyway. <laughs> so again, you can uh, find yeah. us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Pandora. Um I'm drawing a blank. I don't have the list in front of me. Spotify, uh, Apple, Google. Breaker. Breaker. Breaker one? Yeah, Breaker's one. Did you find it? There's, All the major like, platforms. You did such a good job on this that our, the list is ridiculously long and stupid. So, And, and it's only getting longer. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, but we are on Facebook. At, uh, just search Facebook for Indie Brigade. Um, we are everywhere now. Oh, YouTube. Hit up our YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Definitely, please. We would love to get our YouTube subscriber numbers up. Um, that would be a phenomenal thing for everybody to jump on board with. All right. What else you got? Uh, I don't know. I actually kind of lost, I've lost all my windows and shit. Okay. There oh, you go. Well, are. I just Hi. got a private, you know, coming soon. Romero Ridgely beard cream. Oh yeah. I saw <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Katie. On it. Uh, main ingredient's gonna be ranch. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, everybody. That's about it for tonight's episode of Romero Pictures Indie Brigade. Do you have anything else, Joe? No, I think I'm good for now. I'll bust right, your balls well, after show. All right, well, then everybody, fuck off till next time.